be married. How else would I have these unsatisfied longings, that memory of passion and love? I apparently own this house and have a small but adequate income from investments. I have learned that I was injured in an accident when I was riding on the top of a London omnibus one blowy morning last autumn. And now it's March, and I still remember nothing of it, except for that one last blinding moment, that piercingly clear picture which flashed across my eyes before I lost consciousness. The runaway brewer's dray colliding with the motor omnibus in the milling traffic on Ludgate Hill. The shouts and cries of the passengers. The barrels rolling all over the road. The screams of the horses. Trauma, which is what Dr. Harville calls the state occasioned by that blow to the head, which I received in the accident, has effectively erased what went before it. This sitting-room of mine is a comfortable, even luxurious room, not ostentatious, but certainly not the room of someone who has ever had to watch the pennies. The bright fire has been lit by my maid, Rosa. She is the one who cooks and keeps everything spotless, with the help of a woman to do the rough. The household consists only of Rosa and myself, so the work is undemanding. She has become something more than a servant, Rosa Tartarian, though not yet someone I can regard as a friend. A dark, intense woman, she has her own friends whom I've yet to meet. She is part of a small circle of Balkan emigres, who seem to exist in a shadowy half-world, meeting in gloomy cafes and plotting ways in which they can return to their own country. Revenge is what they want for the bloodshed and misery inflicted on their people by the Turks who have occupied their land. She came to England in a roundabout way, exactly how I've never been able to discover, for no one can be more tight-lipped than Rosa when she wishes to keep her own counsel. She says she came to work for me in answer to an advertisement I had inserted in The Gentlewoman just before the accident. In the absence of any evidence to the contrary, I must believe her. Though she dislikes talking about her own past, I have the feeling that terrible things may have happened to her before she reached England. She is forever trying to get me to talk about the old days, in an effort to help me remember my lost years. She never presses me too much, which is not like fierce Rosa, so that I occasionally have the feeling she knows more than she pretends, despite her assurances that she wasn't with me in what I always think of as the time before. Those lost years. She is much the same age as me. She looks after me well, cooking nourishing tasty meals to which I fail to do justice. The clothes in my wardrobe from my previous existence don't fit. Rosa tut-tuts over me and says I'm nothing but skin and bone and will become ill again, but I don't care. There is nothing, as far as I am aware, for me to live for. Inside, I feel dead. I am apathetic about this trying to remember. In fact, I am sure Dr. Harville believes me downright perverse. Though this, I think, is rather than admit his methods are not working. But why should I even try? 
knowledge of those lost years, I feel sure, will bring me nothing but pain. But in the dream last night, I again saw the boy, and though I haven't today glimpsed his shadow self, his mischievous fawn-like face, as I've always done previously after dreaming of him, I feel the pain even more than usual, and something small and hard and stubborn inside me is insisting that, for his sake, I should do as Dr. Harville suggests and make some effort. Very well, then, I will. But not until it is finished will I show it to the doctor. It's not exactly that I don't trust him, though he is a little too smooth for my liking. His answers come too quickly. His solutions sound too pat. Yet who am I to question his methods? Perhaps they will work, after all. I stare out over the small, pleasant garden.